Hey guys, welcome back to the conversation. We're diving right back into the conversation we had in Hillary part one. So make sure you watch that or listen to that before you check this out. And uh, we're just going to finish it up and put a little bow on it for you. So let's check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast. And you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around because we're going to laugh and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. News broke today, a couple hours ago, that Putin is essentially peacefully invading Ukraine, we could say. Brilliantly. Brilliantly, really. one step ahead. And although Putin is not a good guy, and he's, no. you know, there's no, there's no one's going to argue he's not, he's a good guy, but there is plenty of reason why Putin might have interjected in our, or uh, interfered in our election in 2016 to get Trump in the office and not Hillary. Like he would have incentive to do that based on some stuff we're going to lay out here. Just the, the aggressive nature of, of our administrations in the past, predominantly Hillary and Obama and the, the postures they've made towards Putin. I mean, even throughout the cold war, like just, you know, leading up to now, there's a reason why he has no problem you know, being aggressive towards us. And there's a reason why the media narrative is Putin is the worst person on earth. And again, he's not a good guy, but there's more to the story as there always is. And we just wanted to lay out a couple of things that result in, in how Putin is actually moving into Ukraine. And, uh, it makes sense. So yeah, there's just, there's to reiterate, I am not a fan of Vladimir Putin. I think he is a evil man for all intents and purposes. But I think that for to really understand the complexities of the world that we live in and that we are watching um, unfold, you really have to dig in a little deeper and you have to understand the other side. Um, and in this case, the other side is Russia led by Vladimir Putin. And Putin, as a man, he came up in the KGB, which is like the CIA of the USSR. Uh, USSR. Um, he's a very proud Russian. His entire life has been dedicated to the service of his nation. That's something that we whole we revere and look up to in our nation. He is a, in a lot of ways revered and looked up to. He has been a staunch. I mean, he he's a a patriot of Russia, right? just an absolute, just dogged fan of his country. And, and thinks they should rule the world. And, and, and thinks they're the greatest nation on earth or, or should be. And, and so we can, at, in one way, you know, see, like, look at that man in the light of how we would look at an American leader that way, right? Um, he wants the best for his nation and he will do whatever it takes to restore Russian greatness. And he has been around for a long time because he has manipulated elections 
and played the system, but he's been around since Bush. We looked it up not too long ago. So he's been a... A, a, a leader of Russia. Since a leader of Russia. Now he changed... Uh, he went from positions. positions and for eight years, and I forget the guy's name that, but he was essentially still the like the shadow leader. Um, he put his guy in in charge while he was still the sh- kind of like Biden and Obama. Sure, a little bit like um, that. But then they changed the election laws and allowed him to basically keep getting elected forever. So now he's back in um, as the president or whatever. But uh, so he has watched where we have changed administrations and, and, and geopolitical strategies towards his country. He has maintained one strategy one strategy, and been on the brunt, the, other, the receiving end of every administration um, since Bush II, uh, post 9-11. So I can't remember if he went in 99 or either way. He's been around since Bush one. Or, I'm sorry, Bush too. And he... Let, let's give a little history on why Putin views the Ukrainian situation the way he does today. And, and particularly the standoff with the West, uh, Western Europe and the United States. So uh, in the earlier 2000s, and I'm not going to get all the dates right, so I'll just kind of give you ranges. And for those of you who want to dig deeper, you know, you can go looking for it. But we wanted to put nuclear weapons um, in Poland, which is sort of in his backyard. If if that would be, you know, like putting nuclear weapons in Cuba, which, which we didn't like when he well, when problem. Russia tried that, right? Um, and uh, when East Germany and West Germany were reunited, follow the Berlin Wall, um, the agreement between Russia and Europe was that. No USSR, uh, former Soviet Union countries would be allowed into uh, NATO and the UN. That it would it would basically kind of freeze the the European states as they were, and even though the Soviet Union was crumbling, it kind of gave the the. Europe said, hey, if you give Germany back, the U.S. and Europe said, if you give Germany back and restore Germany, then we'll agree to leave all of your crumbling states uh, alone, like Poland and and Ukraine and, um, goodness gracious, there's a a bunch of them have changed, Belarus and uh, I can't remember what they were back then, but um, basically a bunch of Eastern Europe's Soviet Union states, we'd leave them alone. Well, what has happened is Poland has become a member of NATO. Now we're talking about bringing in uh, Ukraine as a, a member of NATO. And um, NATO is? NATO is the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. And basically it's a, a web of commercial but really mostly defense um, treaties that basically if you're in NATO, if, uh, if you get attacked by an out- external threat... All of NATO is going to help you, right? And so uh, we have technically speaking, speaking, broken that promise to Russia from the fall of the Soviet Union, split of Ger- reunification of Germany. Uh, then the Obama administration tried to put nuclear weapons, American nuclear weapons in Poland. Um, that was a 
massive like red alert for Putin. He was extremely pissed. Um, then in uh, I might get some of these out of order, but we had the Arab Spring, which toppled multiple allies of his. Um, Muammar Gaddafi was an ally of his. Uh, the Egyptian government was an ally of his. I think it was President Abbas at the time. I can't remember. Whatever. And then, of course, then he's well aware. He knows for damn sure. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that. Uh, <laughs> he knows exactly that the American intelligence community, what they were doing to fund Syrian rebels and arm them. He's aware of all this stuff. He has counterintelligence. He is not like the American public. He is actually aware. And Bashar al-Assad, the president, uh, dictator of Syria, was a, is still in power, a very close ally. Definitively the closest ally to Russia in the Middle East. And now he's watching Syrian rebels be funded by the United States take over uh, Syria, his ally. And on top of that, we and we got caught red-handed, but our intelligence community, um, the CIA probably, they uh, orchestrated a coup of Ukraine and ousted a Russian-friendly leader of Ukraine and installed a Western-friendly leader. Now, of course, like in American eyes, that's good, and I'm not denying that. But from Putin's perspective... We were moving on him on all fronts. This whole time. This whole time we have been in essentially a form of war against all his proxies. The Cold War never ended. And it was relatively hot war in that we were, I mean, stuff was getting blown up. You know, like his his allies were getting t- picked off one by one. It's actually the modern warfare now. Absolutely. Proxy war. Yeah, where you use something else to fight your battle mm-hmm. and you kind of stay in the shadows. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're, we're really good at that. Like we're the experts on proxy wars. But we from Putin's perspective every, just left and right we're we're coming at him. Well, if you'll remember during the Sochi Olympics in 2014, Russia invaded Crimea, which was like 300 miles. And the Olympics were in Russia. In Russia. And it was a, br- again, you got it. I will say, I don't admire him as a man, but he is a brilliant leader, not to be underestimated. He, while his country's hosting the Olympics, he invades Crimea, which is like 300 miles away, not even 300 kilometers away from where the Olympics are held. And it's important to note the uh it was right when we did the coup so when we did the coup we were the ones who did the coup in ukraine during the olympics super low-handed move because he can't do anything because he's hosting the international peace games right but (laughs) but he's like i'll call your bluff and and literally invades crimea which is a a region of ukraine um in retaliation. And ever since 2014, 
there has been sort of a, a demilitarized zone, sort of eastern Ukraine is at odds with western Ukraine. And it's in it's t- almost like the Germany. It situation. is, but it's it's entirely it's like South Vietnam and North Vietnam. Like we came in and allied with South sure. Viet- South Vietnam and gave them a bunch of money and weapons. Well, that's Russia in this case. Russia came into Ukraine and started giving a bunch of money and weapons to Russian separatists, is what they're called. Um, but they're really, they want to be Russian. They're saying they want to be Russian now. You Russia is right when they say they have like uh, a ancestral link to Ukraine. Ukraine was a part of Russia's borders have changed so many times over much further back than the USSR. Uh, I think Khrushchev was Ukrainian, like, but that when it was a part of Russia, you know, like, like they're, they're, some of their greatest leaders are from Ukraine. So they absolutely can say Ukraine is in their mind, a part of Russia. And so they, they have like, credibility when they say that but there we know new countries are formed all the time ukraine's mm-hmm. been its own country for a long time and they a big huge portion of them the majority of them want to remain their own country and russia might be making a move on that right now but that's that's sort of bringing us up to like today today in that now we are ta- europe is talking about making ukraine a member of NATO, you know, all this stuff. And, and that is like absolutely poking the bear. Poking the bear. And Putin is, now we can start theorizing the political, you know, aspects of it. But for whatever reason, he is feeling randy enough to push back. And um, he's doing a brilliant job. I have to say, I just think objectively in playing us, and he has gotten these two regions, uh, Luhansk and Donetsk, uh, which are the the disputed parts of Ukraine, to to declare themselves independent states, and he's recognizing them, and he's immediately has, as we speak, sending in peacekeepers to protect these two new states that are independent from Ukraine. So he's not really invading Ukraine with Russian troops. Now he has rationalized so it he into... So he said, she said. <laughs> yeah, now... But this is... He's honestly... He's taking a page out of our book. Totally. And playing it right back. And so he's saying these two independent states, we are... Russia is going to support and defend them from the aggressor Ukraine, right? And so now he has complete legal in his mind, authority to, to invade to Ukraine. move Russian troops into Ukraine. Brilliant. And Europe is standing there with their jaw down going, oh, that's how it's going to happen. Didn't but, see that coming. But honestly, I think Europe is relieved because now they, all, the, all they wanted was an excuse to not it, have it be a blatant invasion because they don't have the guts, gumption, or wherewithal to do anything about to it. fight Russia. So you think this is just step one. You think that we're not going to retaliate against this. He has every right to do it. I don't, I'm not saying he has any, any right to do it, actually. I think he's... Like according to our, our response. Like, would we respond to that? 
we're going to do the economic sanction stuff. I don't even think we'll do it as aggressively as we would have um, if he had just been more blatantly Russian military invading Ukraine. But remember, too, in in Biden's gaff-ridden speech where he basically said, as long as it's a minor incursion, right. we'll look where we are today. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So Biden... I struggle with whether he's complicit with these things. Um, oh, but here's where we need to circle back to. Hillary. Well, and Trump. And the whole theory of the left of Trump's collusion with Russia. Sure. Well, this is this is my personal opinion. I don't think Trump colluded with Russia. And that was thoroughly investigated. And they wanted to find it. And they wanted oh, to find boy, it. Oh, boy, did they. And there was no collusion found. Now, collusion meaning Trump worked together with Russia to get elected. In any form, that was not found. However, we do know that China and uh, Russia and North Korea, they are they try to mess with our elections every, every single time. time. And that, that is, if you look into it, that is acknowledged by both sides. There have been... Uh, congressional hearings on it ad nauseum that that happens every time. Which is why it's such a big deal to go back to paper ballots, get off the internet. We talk about the machines being yes. on the internet. All of this, this is all like tied into this. But the reason, so we can, what I'm getting at is that Trump didn't collude. He didn't do anything to, to accept Russia's help. But I would put forth, and this is merely theory, but just reading between the lines, which is how I put the world together, is who's got the motive and what do they want, you know? And and Putin, after years and years and years of dealing with his allies being targeted and taken out, wars being started on his borders, nuclear weapons being put into countries on his border, to uh, coups to replace friendly administrations to Russia with friendly to the West on his borders. He He's feeling like he's battling all the time and it's he knows who it is every time. It's and he's not the, the United States of America. And, and he has not, and this is objective, not been the aggressor there. Now, if he sees that this Trump is a outsider... Hold on. Hillary, you were telling me this yesterday, as in her, while she was in Obama's cabinet... State Department, yeah. ...did the thing with the... Uranium One deal. That's like a whole nother thing, but another thing that if you root around shows that Hillary Clinton... We're talking is about Hillary. ...sellout, treasonous traitor. Evil demon. Yes, but that's... That's a whole nother thing... For she sure. makes me wonder if the Antichrist could be a lady. <laughs> well, either way, Putin... Well, just give me... The nutshell is, she did a deal where she gave the so rights... Just nutshell it. You she to... allowed for the sale of a huge amount of our uranium in the ground in the United States to be sold to essentially the Russian uh, mining companies and or, or owners, that that uranium is going to go to Russia when she it's mined. agreed to that. So the State Department has to, um, oh, has to sign off on 
um, natural resource sales, you know, things that affect national security. So, like, uranium is the basis for nuclear power and nuclear weapons. You enrich uranium properly and you can make nuclear weapons. So we don't just go selling that to to North Korea. Um, We would not typically, you would not think of selling our uranium to Russia. But in this case, this Clinton State Department signed off on that. And there's a whole bunch of super sketchy stuff that looks like there was backdoor deals and made sure that, you know, the right people get the right prizes. Just wanted to link Hillary in again, since we're talking about that. Well, real quick, come back around to Trump-Putin. Trump did not need to collude with Putin. Putin had all the reason. If he saw Trump and he saw the Republican Party establishment didn't want him, and he saw that the... Democrats surely hated him. And again, Putin is more aware than the average American of the deep state bureaucracy of who really runs this country. And if he sees that the establishment... And there is a huge propaganda campaign against him. Yes. Those are the places to be like, that's my guy. If Putin sees that there is a anti-establishment candidate and what was Trump saying? He was saying, no new wars. That was the number one thing. And he that, did not. And he honored that. And that is the one, that's why I would vote for him again is I just want presidents who aren't sold out war hawks who are going to bleed America's blessed blood dry. Like either, that's a tangent. But if he saw that Trump was someone who is going to ease off of this constant tensions between our countries then He's gonna he get might in. have selected Trump to get behind. It. And intervene. And intervene. So, totally. yes, I actually believe it is quite possible that Vladimir Putin helped Donald Trump become president. Trump did not have to know. In fact, I don't believe he did know, and Vladimir Putin is smart enough to not let him know. And that very well could have happened, and I have said it before, and I'll say it again. I'm grateful if he did, because guess what? We had four years of the most peaceful, prosperous years in in as long as our our generation can remember. And I would gladly, as many of you, would take four more peaceful and prosperous years with Donald Trump over the hot garbage we're living through now. A draft. And guess what? Inflation. Putin. And the United States are right back at odds yep. within s- 16 months. 16 months. Yep. Took no time at all. There you go. I rest my case. So those are the things. Obviously, we had to break this up into two podcasts as we usually do when Tom and I get to chatting. But um, good stuff, crazy stuff, stuff to learn about, stuff to know. There is, I mean, I say it all the time, but there is just no more burying our heads in the sand. We have to understand. We have to understand history. We have to put these pieces together. We have to look. We have to know. We have to, you know, pay attention. You don't have to know every detail about everything, but we are on a trajectory, like it or not. And, you know, there, I have young kids. There just is no prosperous future for them 
unless we, gosh, unless there's just an, a divine intervention, you know, and I am intentionally praying over that. I'm intentionally, you know, intervening in the spirit, basically just, you know, petitioning God for that divine intervention, for that change of course, for the conviction in the hearts of our leaders to, you know, believe in Christ. Like I see again and again in the old Testament where because of one person's prayer or, or stance, an entire nation turns their loyalty to God by way of a formerly evil or corrupt leader, dictator, you know, this, it happens again and again in the history of our world. And I believe it can happen again, but it doesn't happen if you're not paying attention, if you're not standing up, you know, like I think specifically of Daniel and how he had to stand with integrity in Babylon. He had to hold the line within inside enemy lines for 80 years or something like that and never let go of his integrity always knew what was going on what to be praying over never compromised never buried his head in the sand never you know just went with the culture put the mask on did the thing you know it's easier to get this it's just you know get the vax card you know even if it's fake or whatever and it's not about judgment it's just about there is a time and a place for a stand and I don't know when on earth there would be a better one because I believe we are there. I hope that helped. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Father God, we pray over Hillary. We pray over Hillary today. Lord, I just pray that you would remove the scales from her eyes, that you would lift whatever oppression is on her, whatever spirits are um, dwelling in, around, within her, within her circle, within her world. Lord, I just pray that she would be saved. I know the power of one person's salvation. I feel like she is someone who would radically change the political climate if she were truly following you, Lord, and if you did a radical work in and or around her life, Lord. So we pray into that today, and we pray over Canada. We just pray for the protesters, for the police, that they would shift their perspective, that they would have a heart for their people, Lord. I pray over Justin Trudeau that his eyes would be open to what is happening and what he's doing. Lord, we just need you. We need you, Lord. And we just pray that you would intervene, that we would have true divine intervention in our land. In your son's name we pray. Amen.